the University of California Riverside presents Blue, Gold, and Black, the podcast that's dedicated to amplifying Black voices at UCR. I'm Dominique Bill from UCR's Community Engagement and Outreach Unit. In each episode, we'll be talking to UCR students, campus leaders, and community partners to explore the intersection of being Black and being a Highlander at UCR. And I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast. My name is Dominique. I'm super excited to amplify another Black voice here on campus. Today, we have Miss Elizabeth Tisdale. She is an academic advisor out of the School of Business here at UCR. So we're just going to be having a conversation with Elizabeth, getting to know a little bit about her background, where she's from. Uh, She was actually a UCR student herself, so we'll kind of get some insights to her experience as a UCR student. Uh, And then we're going to dive into the School of Business. Um, What do students need to know to be successful in the School of Business? Um, But more importantly, how can the School of Business um, improve upon their interests, their talents, um, and help them be successful? Elizabeth, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dominic. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, yeah, um, but I I know I gave you a little bit of an introduction already, but just in your own words really quickly, just to get you firmly planted here at UCR, Could you just describe your position um, in a little bit more detail to get us started, please? Absolutely. So I'm a professional academic advisor with the School of Business. I've been in this role for about six years now, and I serve the uh, business population of students on campus. Um, So they're typically in their junior and senior years. And I also work with programming for these students. So we help bring employers, different workshops, things of that nature, to enhance their education. So it's a very professional degree. So they're going to also get the great classroom experience, but as well as the um, hands-on experience. We bring a lot of professionals on campus and um, just have a lot of things to build their resume while they're studying for their business degree. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that. And so... um, Just to kind of continue on that point for just um, a little bit, can you tell us um, how you came into working with the School of Business here at UCR? Absolutely. I actually started in admissions. Um, I worked in admissions for quite some time. And it was one of those things where I really enjoyed admissions. I enjoyed the recruitment part, meeting with students, Mm -hmm. seeing all the excitement. But once they got on campus, I kind of lost that connection because you no longer work with them. So advising was just the perfect segue into maintaining that connection with the student body on campus. Okay, perfect. And you having a background in admissions, I I could imagine um, has a pretty strong influence on the work that you do as an advisor because you you see both sides of it, the recruitment standpoint and then the retention standpoint. Um, So that's really dope. But let's kind of add some context into the work that you do. Could you tell us where you grew up? Okay. So I grew up in San Diego. Um, I did the first part of my life there through high school mm-hmm. and um, I graduated and I've been in at UC Riverside since then but yeah I grew up um, yeah in Southern California okay nice and so what was some of the experiences um, that you had that were that you would say were pretty pivotal um, looking back at your childhood growing up within San Diego and what I mean is like what was some of your school experiences, what was your community life like, 
um, okay. things like that. Absolutely. So obviously the biggest influence would be my family. Um, we grew up um, in a predominantly African-American uh, neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, up and coming neighborhood, but it was still kind of um, a little rough around the edges in certain parts. Sure. But, um, but when it came to school, I was typically the only kid that looked like myself other than, you know, a few students here and there. Oh, wow. So um, my school environment was a lot different from my home environment. Um, even throughout high school, I was oftentimes the only kid, student of color in my classroom. Mm. So that really did, um, I would say, shape the way I looked at the world mm -hmm. and um, kind of saw or I guess identified who I was as a person. And I don't know if it necessarily hindered me or, you know, opened my eyes to different things, mm. but it, I, I, it did take me some time and college was a, a pivotal moment for me to kind of come more so into myself and who I was as a black woman, mm. because I didn't really get that identification throughout education. It wasn't praised. Um, it wasn't something that was, uh, looked at you know in, in a in a positive light mm -hmm. um i you know you oftentimes feel like you have to fit in and and put yourself in positions that don't necessarily go with how you feel personally um but it's you know just all about that transition from you know schooling mm -hmm. and 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 being around your peers and trying to fit in but not always feeling like you are so i always kind of have that in the back of my mind and and um, didn't really develop a self-identity until actually I got to college. Wow. So before we kind of talk about the change that you started experiencing in college, I do kind of want to expand a little bit on how you explain the difference between like your school environment and your community environment and mm -hmm. how that was kind of pivotal for um, your identity. Can you kind of like, expand on that a little bit more like what were some of the struggles that you kind of dealt with in terms of your socialization I guess as a young child having those two different environments when it comes to your actual lived community um, and where mm -hmm. you go to school well it's kind of I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain it sometimes mm -hmm. it felt like a tug of war mm -hmm. because I did grow up around a lot of positive and influential people of color, mm. um, especially in my neighborhood coming from, um, it was kind of an up and coming neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, the congressman of San Diego lived there. He was a black man and his wife. So I did see that type of influence in my, in my neighborhood. But when you got to school where I spent the majority of my time, I didn't see anybody like me. I've never had, I never had an African-American teacher, wow. um, throughout all my K through 12, mm. um, upbringing i n never saw you know a lot of kids like in my advanced classes i always felt like i was you know the outcast or it was not cool to be you know in these ap classes but it was just there wasn't a lot of us there so it wasn't likely that we were going to be in classes at all so um not seeing yourself fully represented um and then having to deal with a lot of of the stereotypes and the um, the misconceptions about 
um, being black um, in the schooling area. And you're like, that's not how I am at all. That's not how my family is. And so I felt always like I was trying to prove something. I had something to prove. And that's a very challenging and unhappy life to try and live when you feel like you're always trying to prove that you're good enough. Right. And really quickly before I just give my comments on that, uh, was where you went to school because did you attend public school growing up or private school or um, what, like what was it the reason that maybe you didn't see that representation in school? Mm -hmm. Were you not schooling within the community that you grew up or? So it was two things. Um, In middle school or elementary and middle school, I was part of a Spanish immersion program. It was a very competitive program to get in. And so actually Kids from the suburbs are being bused into our school to be wow. a part of this this um, program, and so a lot of the kids that looked like me weren't necessarily in the program mm-hmm. because those other kids who were getting you know spaces in those classes were coming from other neighborhoods. Wow. And then when I went into high school, I was in a predominantly white or you know ninety percent white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I'm in San Diego, Point Loma, and that's where you know. Um, the majority of our student body was uh, white. So um, we had a very, very small representation of students in color and even tinier of African-American students. So, No, yeah, I can, and you know, I think a lot of our listeners can identify with that experience, particularly just being the only black student in a class, Mm -hmm. especially if you're taking advanced courses or a part of, advanced academic programs being the only Mm -hmm. black student not having black teachers um and you know we see students be successful in spite of that right but Mm -hmm. it can be a very hard process and sometimes i think it kind of gets lost on how important that identity development is in that phase as it pertains to seeing that representation Um, Because you can go home and you can get all of that representation, but home is like where you're safe. It's my community. I know these people. But when you start venturing outside of that and you can kind of see the world from that glance, it can be pretty um, intimidating, to say the least. So what was the idea of education um, in your community or, or around education in your community or more specifically your family? Did you mm-hmm. always know that you wanted to go to college? Was it something that your parents were like, you're going to college? Or what kind of inspired that um, pursuit of higher education for you? Absolutely. Um, it was one of those things in my family. It was just an expectation. Mm. So there was no question you're going to get your education. Um, my family is highly educated. Um, okay. My grandmother actually went back to school in her very late age and got her Ph.D. from San Diego State. So, you know, we had a lot of and I wasn't even I think I was still in high school when she did that. So it was kind of an expectation to pursue education. And thank goodness I had that influence um, around me because I knew I wanted to pursue my education. I didn't really I was always all over the place with trying to know what I wanted to do. And I think maybe that's one part where I was a bit hindered because I did see a limited representation of different fields and different things of that nature. Like I said, I didn't see any teachers that were black. I didn't see any administrators that were black. I didn't see any of that. Mm -hmm. So that never crossed my mind. Like that's something that 
is for me or I can do. And no one actually took me under their wing and, you know, nurtured that. My mom was just, you know, you're getting your education. You can do whatever you want. The sky is the limit. You're brilliant. But, um, but yeah, education was very highly pushed in my family, which I'm very grateful for just educating yourself in general, whether you go to college or not. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely an expectation. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And so, um, at this time, like, let's just kind of say we're at your senior year in high school. What is going through your mind in terms of where you want to go to school? Um, the things that you want out of this grand idea of college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where were you at mentally and what decisions were you making to influence what school you ended up at? Right. Um, um what helped me in high school, there was a couple of things. The first thing was the EAOP program. Nice. They came to my school and helped me fill out the UC application. Big shout out um, to EAOP yes, really quick. They do a lot of great out. work, yeah. Especially here at UCR, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. And it makes a difference. Yeah. It is makes such a huge difference because although education was really pushed, um, and my my mom was, you know, a single parent. My dad lived out of the country. Mm. So, you know, I didn't really have a lot of help filling out the whole job application situ uh, job application. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might as well be, right? It might right. Well it is be. like a job application. Yeah. <laughs> be a college application situation mm-hmm. and um financial aid situation. And so it was all pretty new. Um and so EA, EAOP pretty much like pulled me out of class, sat me down, was like, we're filling out these applications, here's a fee waiver, whatever it may be if you need it. Um, and they just really showed me the ropes, mm. and that was just very helpful in its, in its just in itself. Right. And, um, and then also, I was very fortunate because my older sister, we're about 18 months apart, she went to college right. We went to the same school all throughout college now. Oh, um, wow. And so I just kind of followed behind her. Okay. Um, didn't really go to any college tours outside of San Diego, mm. but I knew I wanted to leave San Diego, like get a little bit of a way. Mm. Um, so my sister going to UCR was my first introduction to like um, actually being really submerged in a college campus. Mm-hmm. And I really felt comfortable. And I think that really um, made my decision. And I can tell you a story. Um, I was in class and all the students are talking about, where are you going to school? Where are you going to school? And everybody's, you know, we're going to San Diego State. We're going to USD. We're going to, you know, UC Santa Barbara. And I was like, I'm going to UC Riverside. And I'll never forget this. A student was like, oh, that's a reject school. Mm. And I had never heard that prior to him saying that in class. I was like, I actually really love that school. My sister goes there and I feel really comfortable there. Mm. And I just, that's something that has always stuck with me and especially working in admissions that was like one of my goals is to debunk that because Mm -hmm. I was like just because it doesn't look like what you are used to Mm -hmm. doesn't make it any less yeah and so um and that's where I felt the most comfortable I got into a lot of those you know highly ranked school but I knew that I wanted to go to UCR without Mm. any doubt wow no and I think you know, it, it's, I'm glad that you told that story because um, obviously, you know, UCR has come such such a long way just in terms of, I guess, like 
the gossip that goes around about, right. you know, what school students want to go to. Um, but, you know, and it can be kind of hard when you're competing with places like UCLA and right. UC Berkeley and, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to our sister schools for sure. Yeah, um, but they, you know, they have that name. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I think that's unique about UCR, though, is when students do find themselves here, it's always like one key element or support program that usually brings the students here, whether it was a tour or the mm-hmm. EAOP program right. or something of that nature um, that kind of shed the light on like who's here and who has access to resources, who's willing to put out those resources. I think students really come to find that, you know, UCR, uh, it, it can be a hidden gem sometimes, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Absolutely. It is definitely a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change my experience for the world, like going or my decision to go to UCR mm. ever. I, if I had the chance, I'd do it again. Beautiful. So, mm-hmm. No, that's that's dope. So let, then let's kind of just get in a little bit of your history as being a student here. Um, freshman year, you're stepping on campus. What, like, what, what was your UCR experience? What were your goals? Um, mm-hmm. Did you come across any mentorship while you were here on campus that was really influential? Um, mm-hmm. Really try and paint that picture for prospective students at what UCR was for you. Okay. Um, starting off, like I said, I was very fortunate because I kind of had my sister going there yeah. with me. So she was kind of my tour guide slash, you know, guidance counselor Mm -hmm. slash everything um, my first year. But she also connected me with a lot of people on campus Mm. that she had met once she started. And that was and the thing that I would say I really loved about the campus because it felt like it was home, like a, like a community. Like I knew I could go to a certain office and ask for this person and they would come and get me. Mm-hmm. Um, or I could go, um, you know, I, if I'm looking for a job, I had this connection with this person and they really, you know, looked out for me. So mm-hmm. I definitely had connections. I worked quite a few jobs on campus, which also helped um, in that um, navigation through, you know, my academics and, you mm-hmm. know, just the admin part of UCR um, mm-hmm. because I worked in the admin section. So I knew a lot of people and they were very helpful and willing to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a lot of students that looked like me, um, which was great, more than I had ever seen before. Wow. Um, so that was inspiring. Um meeting new people, new friends. Mm -hmm. But I think um, as far as mentorship, this UCR was like the first time I would actually start to see people in positions um, that I looked up to that looked like me. Mm. It didn't have to be, you didn't have to be, you know, a vice chancellor or, you know, our faculty member, which was also great to see black faculty members, but also some, you know, the, the women working in financial aid were like amazing to me. You Mm. know what I mean? I was like, Oh, she's taking care of me. Like that's my auntie now, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. or it was like a family. And so it it, it just felt like home. No, that's great. And talk a little bit, you know, cause you mentioned earlier, um, at the top of the the show that, you know, coming to college was a big, mm, maybe culture shock in a way Mm -hmm. for you compared to how you went to school growing up. Um, And then you said it was really instrumental in kind of shaping how you really came into your black womanhood. Uh, Can you talk about that aspect a little bit? Because I think 
um, that's a pretty unique thing that tends to happen to um, people, especially black people, especially when they get into college. Um, something else just kind of wakes up inside of them. Can you talk right. about that a little bit? Um, I think one of the biggest things is um, having support from black women on campus mm. was very huge for me whether it was my fellow students some of my closest friends now that I will have for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um, I met at UCR strong black uh, successful women mm-hmm. um, that I was just so honored to meet um, different women in different roles I remember um I can't remember what her specific role was when I got on campus, but Mickey was mm. uh, an individual. She, I know she worked a lot with African student programs, but I think she worked with like EAOP and things mm. like that. Um, she was very like she was one of those people like who will grab you and be like, "Come on, girl, you need to come to this or you need to wow. participate in this." Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. Like I was shy. I didn't know how to navigate this. Um, I was intimidated mm. because I didn't see people like me in my education. Right. I, I I didn't know how to navigate through that situation. So mm. it was a bit uncomfortable for me. But as you become embraced with open arms you're like oh, okay this is how it's supposed to be mm-hmm. but there was that barrier there for me because uh, I never had experienced that right. I never had anybody other than my family you know grab my hand and say okay let me show you the way yeah. let me help guide you let me show you what you can be and that the sky is the limit mm-hmm. let me help you be feel safe and secure so that you can flourish um, mm-hmm. and do the best that you can and so that's exactly what I needed and that's what I got so. no yeah I think that's really great because you know one of the common themes from everyone that I've spoken to um, whether they came through UCR or not, but just in particular their time in college and the idea of mentorship, right? And, you know, having strong black role models within education specifically Mm -hmm. put them in key positions to be successful or to get access to resources. Um, I think that's so important, and I'm glad that you shared this story because that's, that's what this is all about, right? That's why we're here having this conversation because we're not a historically black institution, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what we do have is a very strong, commit, committed black uh, community here on campus. Right. And we're in all different sectors, right? Mm-hmm. From the School of Business to Education to the School of Medicine, Student Affairs, Honors. Like, we have a lot of people in a lot of key positions all across campus, and it's about tapping into those resources or at least just being open to, you know, guidance um, in some of the ways and having a strong community on campus that actually puts the effort into reaching out to the students as opposed to just waiting in the office and letting the students um, come to them. I think that is something that's very positive that comes out of our black community um, here on campus. So um, were you a part of any like clubs or organizations throughout your time on Mm -hmm. campus or anything like that? How was how was that? Yeah, I kind of tried to dive like head first into everything mm. and try and like see where I fit in. Mm-hmm. I was part of, you know, African student programs. I was part of Chicano student programs. Nice. Like they were right next to each other. Um, I would attend events from all the cultural programs mm-hmm. because it was like they were all in the same area right there in Costco Hall. Mm-hmm. And you go to one one space and then, you know, you see other groups of students out there hanging out and you go hang out with them. Mm-hmm. So it was a very re- 
regardless of what the organization was, it was all very communal. Mm -hmm. So um, that was something that I was definitely a part of. Like I said, I worked a lot. So I did work on campus. And so um, I worked for... At the time, it was it was undergraduate recruitment, mm-hmm. um, and so I worked for recruitment, where I also found another mentor there. Mm. One of the assistant directors there um, took me under her wing, mm. and so um, I did work a lot. So I got a lot of campus experience and a lot of event experience, like meeting with parents and families and. Mm. Uh, knowing everybody in administration and things like that. But as far as clubs and organizations, I will say I wish I was a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, one of my major regrets, I feel, but I did work a lot. So yeah. um, I kind of had to, you know, find that balance. Yeah. Um, working gave me, you know, such a lifetime worth of just friendships and knowledge and understanding about the workforce mm-hmm. um, but I do also wish I was a little bit more involved in student organizations yeah. than I was. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, about finding the va- uh, the balance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also the unique thing about colleges because all of those types of opportunities and resources are kind of like right within arm's reach. You just kind of need to know where to look or at least know who to ask um, in, you mm-hmm. know, a whole breadth of opportunities can open up. So I definitely want to spend some time, though, kind of pumping up the School of Business because um, I think think the School of Business is something that can benefit black students in particular. Um, And we need to see more representation across the campus entirely, but also within the School of Business. So if you could, let's just start off. Can you kind of explain... Uh, the undergraduate um, opportunities that the School of Business has because um, not a lot of universities have undergraduate business programs that students Mm -hmm. can take advantage of. And I know we're one of the few campuses within the UC system that even allows that. So can you kind of shed some light on that for students, please? Absolutely. Uh, But one thing I do want to really emphasize um, for anyone listening, any students who are thinking about what they're going to do or opportunities, I would say even if you don't necessarily have somebody who you're connected with, um, that you should definitely seek out those opportunities. Don't feel like it is impossible. Mm. Like I would say I studying abroad was something that was never on my radar as a student. And I Mm -hmm. wish I would have done that. Yes. And I wish I would have gone and talked to my advisor about it or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So don't think that is never impossible. That is not possible for you to pursue those different opportunities so always you know whether somebody is encouraging to do it or you just know within yourself you want to do that go find that help because it is definitely there and one thing that I especially when I worked in admissions I would tell students to find three people on campus find a peer mentor find a mentor that is in the administration part whether it's financial aid registrar admissions Mm. and then find a faculty mentor Mm. those three people will be able to help you tremendously navigate um, through your college experience and somebody that you feel comfortable, that you trust um, and that is reliable to you so Mm. that's one thing, that's what's really going to help with your experience Um, now as far as with the School of Business um, 
the way the program works is that you start as a pre-business student to get all your breath requirements taken care of, and then you transition to my department, which is the actual School of Business, where mm-hmm. you finish your last two years. Mm-hmm. Within the School of Business, the thing that I really love that I think really helps it stand out is that within our office, we're also a, programming's, a program's office. Mm. So we create all types of programs for students, just even outside of the classroom, because Business is a very professional degree, and you can learn all you want about business, but the application part is very important for you. So that's where we also come in to help you navigate through your degree, but also to bring those employers onto campus to do resume writing workshops along with the Career Center, to do etiquette dinners, Mm. to do leadership conferences. Mm -hmm. I have led a lot of those initiatives in the School of Business and had tons and tons of students and employers come through and connect with one another and go on and be successful and find, you know, their ideal career. Mm. So that's one thing that I really feel like really helps us stand out. We are a small program, Mm -hmm. but we work extremely hard um, um, and really make sure our students get the most out of what they come there to get. But once again, it's all about you coming and getting the most out of mm-hmm. of what your experience is unfortunately i can't go around mm-hmm. and grab every business student exactly. uh, you know and and force them to do this mm-hmm. i just highly encourage any opportunity you get the opportunity to be a part of mm-hmm. take advantage of it you mm-hmm. never know who you're going to meet who can help you mm-hmm. i saw everybody that i met on campus as an opportunity to learn and grow right it may not have been the most positive experience. It may not have been the experience that I envisioned in my head, right. but it's always a learning experience. Yeah. And so um, I think the School of Business is really great at mm-hmm. setting students up to be successful regardless of what concentration they want to go into, whether it's accounting, finance, mm-hmm. um, with whatever one of our seven concentrations you want to go into, we mm-hmm. will help you. And so that's great. Obviously, there's tons of benefits um, for students within the School of Business. And before we kind of expand on some of those, I just want students to be clear, especially for prospective students, um, uh, for the process of getting into the business school, right? You Mm -hmm. start within the pre-business track, right? And then when you get to your upper division um, courses, you are officially in the School of Business. There's not an additional application or um, admissions process that you have to go through or anything like that, right? There is an additional um, application. It's a very simple application. Mm. We're just looking that you meet our provisions, um, Mm -hmm. which is the GPA requirement, which is currently uh, overall 2.5 GPA. Mm. You have to have all of your breath requirements um, completed, um, Mm. with the exception of a few, like language Mm -hmm. um, and the last year of English. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to have all your business prep completed um, with the two... uh, Sorry, it's an overall 2.7 GPA and a mm-hmm. 2.5 in your prereqs. Nice. Um, and so there's no hidden agenda there. It's mm-hmm. just we want to make sure that's the way that we can really assure students are going to be successful. Right. We have about a 98% graduation rate for our mm. students um, because we, we're not going to set you up for failure. Mm-hmm. And I think the pre-business program, they have a lot of milestones that students have to meet mm-hmm. in order to get to the point where they are able to apply for the school of business. So you're not out there trying to pursue this degree you know, for these first two years without knowing where you stand in the program. Nice. So you do have a lot of support 
mm-hmm. along with we have um, mentors and ambassadors yeah. and the School of Business that also help navigate you through that process and do mm-hmm. workshops for the pre-business students as well. Right. And then just really quickly, um, what does the School of Business look like in regards for some of our black transfer students that might be watching? Mm-hmm. Okay. So as far as being admitted or... Yeah, so if a student wanted to transfer in, you know, from whatever California community college mm-hmm. um, and, you know, they wanted to obtain their bachelor's in business, is the process a little bit different than them? Because I'd imagine that two-year prerequisite might be a little bit, look a little bit different for a transfer right. student. It's it's slightly different. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're still going to be looking at that you have a strong GPA. That's the one thing I would say, regardless of what major you want to go into, really focus on that GPA because yeah. that's going to help you get into the institution you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also look into what the prereq courses are for that specific degree. Mm. Um, with business, you can see online, but it's basically econ, math. Everyone has to complete calculus for business mm-hmm. in order to be admitted. Um, statistics, computer mm-hmm. science. It's the same prereqs as a pre-business student would have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, but the process just looks a little bit different because you're actually being admitted into the campus. Gotcha. So there's just some other factors that are ca- calculated into that equation. Okay. Um, I would also say for a, a student who's looking to transfer, if you're looking to go into the School of Business and you're coming from a California community college, um, make sure that you're meeting your IGETC requirements. Um, that's going to really help save you some time once you get to UCR. You're not going to have to worry about any breath requirements. Mm. You're going to just go straight to taking your upper division courses and get out within two years. The majority of our students do finish within two years, um, so it is completely doable. You Mm -hmm. just have to make sure that you meet with your advisor and stay on track. No, yeah, that's a good point, and I wanted to make sure we showed our transfer students some love because I know things are a little bit different. but. So just in regards to how the School of Business benefits students, I do kind of want to put the microscope on um, black students in particular and maybe some ways that we can break down some of the the walls or the barriers that might keep black students from engaging with the stu- uh, School of Business. I mm-hmm. feel like every bl- young black child at one point or another wants to own their own business yes. or be an entrepreneur or, some- or just something along those lines. But I think one of the things that kind of might make it difficult for black students in any profession is just really grasping on, you know, how this particular degree or this particular field is going to benefit me as this black student. And when we look at, you know, some of the the names for the disciplines or the focuses Mm -hmm. in these majors, they can just kind of sound a little bit boring. So. Maybe if we can just spend a few minutes talking about some of the different um, focuses and disciplines um, within the School of Business and what those actually mean to kind of break down maybe some of that intimidation factor behind, you know, the name of the discipline um, and how we can really get black students to understand like, no, this actually aligns perfectly with this business that you want to start or this business you want to manage or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, No, that's a great question, because I do think um, the idea of business is just such a big um, blanketed idea. But when especially when it comes down to our program, it is kind of narrowed down to different fields. Mm. And some fields may not be that um, 
popular where you know you don't hear about them a lot or they're mm -hmm. called something different mm -hmm. and so a lot of students may get confused or say oh that's not interesting at all that's not what I want to do mm. when oftentimes they may even know somebody in that field that loves what they do um, some of our more common ones are finance accounting those are pretty straightforward you're going to be working with numbers you know accountants you know you go get your taxes done mm -hmm. they work with money and numbers and spreadsheets mm -hmm. um, that's a very straightforward one and a lot and that's one of our more popular degrees students who know that they want to do accounting know that they want to do accounting sure. that's how their mind works and they're set on that mm -hmm. um, but some that are a little bit different would be like um, operation supply chain management mm. um, that's something that students don't often hear about but if you think about how you get things distributed to you um, how things are ran, how things are produced. Mm. That's operations and supply chain management. Think about Amazon. Think about Target. And oftentimes when I tell students, oh, yeah, we have Target coming to campus, they're like, Target? No, this is corporate Target. You know, <laughs> they're difference. they're making the big bucks. They're yeah. doing the, the behind the scenes that you don't see. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many different um, opportunities and within business that um, – people don't really know about, you know, so I would recommend that you definitely do your research, ask those questions, you know, lead with what you are interested in, and mm. we can help fit you into those different spots. And if it doesn't, and if it's, if we don't have something that works for you, I'm one of those people that say, you know, I know this place has this for you, so go look into that. Mm -hmm. But definitely just ask. Um, I would also say management is a big one, but management is so broad, a lot of students who are looking to go into entrepreneurship, so running their own business, start with management because management goes through so many different sectors of business, through the legal legalities within business. You have mm. to know the legal field to start your own business and, and things of that nature. You have to know how to deal with people. You have to learn how to you know start your business, things like that. So um, usually students will go into management. Um, and there's human resources within a section of management. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, there's information systems. So you, if you're interested in you know more of the computer side, mm -hmm. um, you would go into information systems. There's so there's business analytics, which is analytics is a huge thing, and I know the kids like know about this now. Students know about this, especially with Facebook and Instagram. Yes. It's all those the background of everything. Yes. Um, so there's so many things to do and so many fun things to do. I can tell you. How many students have gone into just different fields that I never even thought to that they would go into or that even existed um, just by them pursuing their business degree? And they didn't know until they met the right people right. or had an idea and mm -hmm. it came to fruition. So, yeah, no. And I'm glad that you kind of really gave us the scope, because when you hear I mean, everything is is business. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but when you ask. Or when you're thinking about it to yourself, if you're not too familiar, yeah, it, it just seems huge. Like right. business, I don't even know how to approach that. Um, exactly. But yes, I think especially nowadays um, and in response to everything that's been going on now more than ever, people are tapping into like their creative side. Mm -hmm. um, they're creating things. They're starting things. They're promoting things. Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to own things. And yeah. All of that stuff plays a, a factor, right? Analytics, right? If I want to have a pop-in YouTube channel, mm -hmm. I need to know what does it mean to retain my audience for an hour's worth of time? What does right. it 
you know, how do I how do I log all of that? Right. What does all of those numbers actually mean other than the fact that I'm getting views or maybe you and again, expanding what we think about business, too. Right. So now we can actually look at what it might mean to run a business through YouTube. Right. Mm -hmm. Or nowadays, I know a lot of students, especially younger ones that I talk to, they want to be on Twitch and they want to be gaming. Right. You Mm -hmm. need to know how to market. You need to know how to build a brand. You need to know how if you land a huge sponsorship deal, you need to know what to do with that million dollars. Um, And I think that is one of the ways that business can really help students is if they kind of expand their mind into what business can actually represent nowadays. Absolutely. We take what you have and what you're good at and we make you even better at Mm. it. So we're enhancing what you already have within you. Mm -hmm. And then you may, and the great thing about it is too, is you may have an idea and say, I want to do this. And like, I'm really not good at this, but guess what? Your colleague next to you is amazing at this field. They know everything about the backside, the finance part. Guess what? That's going to be your business partner. Mm. And so it's that connection and it's that expanding on what you're already good at, what you already have inside of you. We're just bringing it out more and, and, and fine tuning those skills that you already have. Yes. And, And even beyond that, I mean, you have professors, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You have professors, you have graduate students, a lot of which own their own businesses or are actively starting businesses, Mm -hmm. or they just enjoy helping students start their businesses, Mm -hmm. right? And that's resume building, that's owning your own business potentially, working on research and engaging. It's it's about resources, right? Any good business is going to need capital, right, within this system. (laughs) Um, and social capital is worth a lot. And when it you're is. on UCR's campus and you're in the school of business and you're tapping in with, you know, uh, uh, Miss Tisdale and you're tapping in with your faculty members who have expertise in these fields. I mean, there's no there's no limit on what you can accomplish. And I think that's what I want, you know, black students to um to realize, especially those of you with an entrepreneurial spirit. I know that like, there's this entrepreneurs versus college type of debate that happens in certain circles. But um, really, this is where all the resources are at. So Mm -hmm. there's really fewer better places to launch a business um, than a college campus. Uh, You have a a, a whole testing pool of 25,000, you know, students, Mm -hmm. faculty members, staff members right here on campus. Um, And so it it can go a very long way. So thank you for kind of just sharing some more insight into um, the School of Business. We're getting ready to come up on our time. And so I just want to ask you one final question. Um, And you can make this broad to UCR in general or the business school specifically. But what is one of your most optimistic visions of the future um, when it comes to upcoming generations of black UCR students coming through our campus? Um, I would definitely say um, knowing that UCR is a place where you are safe and cared for and that in a space where you feel safe that you will be able to flourish creatively creatively, Mm -hmm. and, um, and just beyond what you can imagine um, being in a, in, in a place where, um, you can see yourself, but you can also see differences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, UCR being so diverse and just such a melting pot of just greatness, I would say, because 
everybody has a voice and everybody has an opportunity on the campus. It's just a matter of you pursuing that and taking advantage of it. And so I really envision our students just continually um, being successful and finding a place that they can call home on campus and and finding their voice. You know, I was able to find my voice on campus and right. really discover who I was and come into who I am as a young black woman. And I am forever grateful for UCR for providing that opportunity for me and to continually provide the opportunity for me. So I, I definitely, for me, the big word is like feeling safe mm-hmm. because I know that for me, what I do my best and I am the most creative when I am in a safe and healthy environment. Yeah. And um, that's what I, I want our students to feel like. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautifully said. Um, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us on the Blue, Gold and Black podcast. We were super happy to amplify your voice. Perspective students. Um, current students, transfer students, if you're interested in business, you have ideas of business, you want to learn more about it, please make sure you tap into the business school here at UCR. Uh, we have great individuals working there that want to see you succeed, want to uh, see you be um, successful. And also our, our black students that are watching, um, this is something that can provide you an avenue to where you want to be um, to success, right? You just have to be creative and open-minded about the approach. And I think Elizabeth did a really great job at kind of painting that picture for us. So thank you so much for being on our show. We'll definitely have to have you back in the future to keep pushing this conversation around the business school forward. Absolutely. Thank you, Dominic, for having me. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us on Blue, Gold, and Black. This program is produced by the Community Engagement and Outreach Unit of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of California, Riverside. Learn more about attending UCR by visiting admissions.ucr.edu. And be sure to check out the description for other useful links and resources. Help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing. And be sure to check out our podcast videos on YouTube. Catch you guys later.